Blog Talk Radio. kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes to spirit? I am. Me too. So it's Leslie and Tracy here again encouraging you on your spiritual path. And our theme today is work. Now we're not exactly sure what we're going to talk about. I mean, you know, there's a part of that that could be um, how do we say yes to spirit in the work we do in the world or with the people we work with, like in the workplace. But there's also that angle of, is it work to say yes to spirit? Or there's the angle of, if you say (laughs) yes to spirit, how does that work in your life? So we have uh, several places to go with that, and we'll probably dibble and dabble with all three of those and see which one today attracts the most attention from our inner voice and inner spirit or from your interest because you always can call in at area code 347-850-1523. And, and, and another question is, is, uh, is work a choice, which ties us into last week. Wasn't last week choice? Last week was choice. And, I, and I've often said, you know, that... Uh, Action is is uh, necessary, but whether or not it's effort or work is a choice. See, so I was just trying to tie back. Well, let's tie back to the last little <laughs> bit. Why don't we? Yes, it is. Because we always do work, at the beginning yeah, of, the yeah. sh- of, the, of the shoe. And the shoe and the shoe. But episodes and shoe. And I think it's an interesting concept of work because I initially, right away when I saw the topic I was leading through devotions, I thought, I don't want any devotions on work. Who wants to write anything about work? That sounds hard, and I don't like that work. And then I thought, you know, it is a choice if I see something as work or if I see something as um, playful or if I see something as, you know, it's, again, it's it's how I picture it or what story I make about it. Absolutely. So maybe we did need to have this on the list because when I see the word work, I don't equate it with hard. I equate it with purpose and mission and yeah. and service, contribution to the world. Wow, not me. And um, so, in fact, one of my questions I wrote down was, must work be hard? And um Yes, always. <laughs> because I think I grew up with that. I mean, not just in the words my parents or other adults said, but 
you know, yeah, I think I grew up with the definition of work is it must be hard, it must be something you really don't want to do, but it's called work because you must do it right. to provide for your family or to get the things you want. Right. You know, if you want, I remember when my, one of my, when my oldest sister was in her 20s and I was in my teens, you know, it just seemed as if the reason she had to have a job was because she loved shopping at Sex Fifth Avenue. And she, <laughs> you know, and she, she really had a, a fashion sense that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and obviously, while my parents provided her a place to live, you know, for her to dress in the way that she wanted to dress, she had to have a job. So it was like work was a means to get what you wanted. Um, and it wasn't supposed to be interesting or meaningful. Right. It was a means to an end. Yeah. And uh, But I don't know how that shifted for me. I I don't know. I don't. I mean, I have could probably remember sometimes when it shifted for me, but when I um, really know I made the shift was when I started my business, and I said, okay, if I'm going to work for the next forty years, which of the assumption was I would be working as long as I was alive. So if I'm going to work the next forty years, then. I might as well be doing something I really love that makes a difference in the world that I would do even if nobody paid me and that I would love. I would love getting up every day. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that was 19 years ago, and I'm really clear that work doesn't mean, work really means doing the work and working really is for me equating with are you living your purpose and are you providing service and are you, what are you doing that makes a contribution right. to the world? And in that way, it's great, whether it is standing behind the counter at McDonald's or picking up the garbage as the truck went by about 15 minutes ago or being Oprah Winfrey. I think I have an opinion about this. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Reverend Petrus uh, talked yesterday at uh, the Center for Spiritual Living was about how we make our living and um, the concept of you know always feeling like we have to find some work that we love. And uh, I'm trying to think of the kind of the twist to it. It wasn't so much that you uh, what you do for a living, but how you do it. So even if perhaps you're doing a job that you know is not your world's passion, but if you do it in a from a state of love and from a state of joy, then that how translates into the workplace. Yes, and, and that's, that's really bringing spirit. Yes, that's bringing spirit to work and to the workplace. That's right. taking God with you wherever you go. And that you know, with so many people who are unemployed and who have been unemployed for months and years, even. Um, Me, almost a year now. Almost a year, and we know several people who have been diligently looking for over a year Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, not sloughing off at any point in time and still are not uh, employed in the full-time job, uh, any, you know. And so 
it's like, well, yeah, you can do, you can bring spirit to the work that you do. You can bring God with you. In fact, God is with you wherever you go, whether you are consciously bringing that forth or not. And I think that, now that lesson I got from my parents, I mean, I got the message that, well, I got a lot of messages around you, no matter how good you are, you may not, you may not, you might be able to do whatever you want to do in life, but especially around race, that there will be people who close doors to you just because you're African American, just because you're black. And, and it's your, I got really clear message back to choice that it's your choice whether you let that right. defeat you, whether that, whether you let that make you angry or whether you choose to do what you can do anyway. And right. if one door is closed, you know, try another door that you're not stuck anywhere. But this saying yes to spirit and bringing, you know, bringing your sense of God with you no matter what you do, I think my dad especially modeled that. Because I never, when I was growing up, he always had at least two jobs and sometimes three. And they were labor-intensive jobs. Um, he was a, he worked for the post office. And then he always had at least one or two part-time jobs. Um, of different kinds, and um, and it wasn't. I, I'm sure he would never say that none, that any of the jobs he ever had were his dream jobs, mm. you know, or his dream of bringing, you know, how he could show up in the world. But he brought himself and his spiritual commitment to God in everything that he did. Everything that he did, he showed up as being kind and um, generous and compassionate. I'm saying that with a hesitation because he was known to be kind of a little smart aleck in humor. Yeah. But if somebody was sick or somebody needed something, he was also the first person to show up with food or a card or something right. to say, to, to be encouraging. Right, right, right. Because people would always be surprised. <laughs> like, huh? That's not like him. It was like, huh? It was like, yeah. And then kind of like, okay, you get yourself back to work so I can harass you a little bit. <laughs> right. So he really showed up yeah. in jobs that he didn't necessarily like. But it allowed him to provide for his family. It allowed him, you know, to do what he needed to do. Right. And he made that choice to do it from a state of love and a state of joy. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back, have I, did I ever, ever once, or, you know, maybe once, but did I ever, ever, on a regular basis, hear him complain about his job or the people he worked with? And I can't. Think, you know, I, I can't even remember one time. Wow. Um, so, you know, he may have every now and then, and it just was so overwhelmed by the fact that he hardly, that was so rare. I don't even remember it. You know, I can remember my mother complaining about having to work hard and the people not appreciating her and, you know, on and on. I can remember that, but I can never, I can't remember him ever complaining about it. 
I wonder, is that kind of how he was in all areas of his life? I wonder if we are who we are at work, kind of as we are in other areas. Was he that kind of father? Was he that kind of guy in the church? Was he that kind of guy in the neighborhood? Um, I Well, the bigger question, do I, I think that, yeah, the way we show up at work is the way we show up in the rest of our lives. If we're not grateful for the job we have, we're probably not grateful for a lot of other things mm. that we have. If we complain about the job not being, you know, the job I really would want to have, right? we probably, I, I think we are most likely to complain about other things, the relationship that we don't have, or the relationship we have, but it's not the way we want it to <laughs> not be. Not working. It's, work. not the way, it's not what I want. Right. You know. I, so, yeah, I think that we are, as human beings, pretty predictable about how we show up, and he showed up that way in yeah, not complaining and um, and being a, a steady rock mm-hmm. for the people he interacted with in the church and in the community. But interestingly enough, in the family, I mean, I can see that now as an adult. But what that felt like in the family, because he, you know, he didn't complain, but he also wasn't a cheerleader. Uh, and he wasn't affectionate, uh, and he um, was very, what at the time appeared to be just disciplined and very structured, and so it, you know, it, it, it he could be friendly at work, but he wasn't friendly as a dad. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So... I can see. I have perspective now. Now, <laughs> looking back, it's so much easier, isn't it? Oh yes, I survived all of that. And you know, and as I said, that sentence, relationships work. I mean, that's another way that we use the word work. You know, this relationship is working. Mm. You know, my car is working. You know, so it's like that word work really does have a bunch of different meanings to it, and. Um, for me, it's usually, you know, it's either a good or a bad. It's either working or it's not working. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not, a, it's not as prey as I hear you saying, and that's a good, good choice to think about. You know, and uh, and and to look at work in terms of um, my life being, uh, what is the Quaker saying? You will let your life speak. Let your life speak. So through my work, through my community service, through my, you know, letting my life speak, you know, work. If if somebody has that kind of nine-to-five job, that's three-fourths of the day. That's a lot of your life speak. <laughs> if you're speaking bitterness and resentment, yeah. it, takes, it takes a lot of slice. How do you show up? at work when, if you have a full-time job, you're spending the majority of your waking hours in that, in the pursuit of that career or that job or that paycheck. And yes, are you showing up in a way that people know that you have said yes to spirit being a guiding light in your life? And that always was important to me even when I didn't think about it in that way and way before I had your own company. my own company that I kind of, you know, could choose more about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be in the world. Um, but that 
Yeah, showing up to let your life speak and saying, yeah, if I say yes to spirit, if spirit is guiding, how would people know that without me evangelizing? Right. How would people know that without me telling them about God, right. but just by living who I am? And that, I know, is instilled in me as a as a child even with different language, but, you know, the Covey quote that I use a lot, um, you can't talk your way out of what you behave yourself into. Oh, I've never heard that. Um, it's an, it, that's not like a quote, really. It's an adaptation of something that he wrote in Seven Habits that was longer. Uh-huh. But that's, you know, oh, you can't cool. talk your way out of what you behave yourself into, so you might as well every day well, yeah. behave in a way that you don't, you don't have to remember. Right. You know, you don't have to worry what people will say because you are behaving consistently in a way that that says who you are. And I think when we do that, we are saying yes to spirit, to being guided by spirit, to being a representation of God in the way that we interact with people. And I know that when I say yes to spirit, and when I'm in that flow that I call the crease in the sheet, mm-hmm. that's my little cubby idea, uh, the crease in the sheet that really... Nothing feels like how I have in the past to find work, and I whether it's been at a job that I loved or a job that I hated because I've had both. And when I'm in that crease in the sheet, I'm not working at it. Everything just comes naturally, and there's no there's no effort. And I think I always connect the word work with effort. And so when I'm in the sheet, crease in the sheet. Let me say that one more time. Um, you know, there's no effort. There's no work to it. It's just it just is. And it just happens. So we've talked about creasing the sheet before, and I know what it is. But just in case there's someone <laughs> listening who's never heard that before and is trying to figure out what the heck is she talking about? The sheet. When I was uh, young, we would make tents out of sheets. And um, if you make a little tent out of a sheet and you have a, like a stick or something at the top and it's rolling down, you know, it's kind of like a teepee. And we would take uh, coins or something and drop them at the top. And they would kind of go all over the sheet to the bottom unless they found a crease. And if they found a little crease in the sheet, they would just zip down that little sheet so fast and so clear and so clean. And I always had that image in my mind that when I'm flowing into God, it's like my little, I'm in that little crease. And I'm just like, whoop. And I don't have to go, you know, zigzagging back and forth and maybe get stuck and fall off in another direction. Fall from height. Yes, 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 painfully. Bounce on the ground. Yes, yes, yes. But it is an interesting concept of working, and I do think that's a choice. So that's a good tie-in, and then we can kind of come back from a break and talk about work being uh, work being not difficult. See, now you 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 brought that uh, all through to me that work does not need to be difficult, and that work can just be what it is. It can be just what it is, and uh, we you also know. want to maybe. Um, after a little bit of a break, we might also want to talk about is it work to say yes to spirit? I don't know why I'm 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 being drawn back to that. Um, is it work to say yes to spirit idea? Yeah. You know, well, that is an interesting idea. Is it work to say yes to spirit? I know a lot of times my daily practice that again is an example of effort versus action versus work. You know, um, 
it takes something to get up every morning and get in the car and drive <laughs> and do my morning meditation at the Center for Spiritual Living. It certainly takes action. Um, and so my daily practice um, from the outside looking in may look like work, but it really is, um, it brings so much that it doesn't feel like work when I'm, when I'm there. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting idea, if whether or not saying yes to spirit. And many times I think when, it, when we start out a new practice or a new something, it seems like work. For me, when I started meditating daily or when I started doing journaling or when my therapist first started telling me, you know, you need to do this, that, and the other, it kind of felt like work. But then the more benefit I started seeing from the spiritual work or the psychological work, then the less it felt like work and the more it felt like just something really, something that I got to do that gave me this huge carrot at the end. But I think initially it does, it it does start off. Well, and especially if we think of work as effort Effort. or hard, then it does, it's just the discipline Mm -hmm. of getting there, of doing it, of, um, of doing the things, uh, creating a new routine uh-huh, uh-huh. and having it until it really becomes where it feels like it is a part of our life, of just the way we are. Right. right. It is my life. It is the way I do right. life. Right. Then in that sense, it probably does feel um, like it's work. And then once it feels like it is just a part of how I do life, then it's a whole different whole different ball of wax. Yes. So I guess we didn't wait for the break to do that, <laughs> to talk about that, and so now we will take a break, we and then we'll come back in a minute. with Leslie and Tracy. And today we are talking about work. And that gives us several angles from which to approach the connection between work and spirit spirit and your spiritual path. Um, So we've talked about a couple of those already. And I'm not sure, Leslie, which direction are we going to go in now? You know, if we, where we, how we want to continue on. Um, well, I like the concept of thinking about does does a spiritual practice um, is it work? And um, and I really do think that 
it's it's fascinating to me that in so much of my life I've spent knowing that a daily practice would, you know, create that flow of energy that makes everything else work. See, look at that word I'm just using randomly. You know, that if I have a daily practice, everything else seems to work better. But um, I don't choose or I haven't chosen in the past to have that daily practice because it just was too much effort or it was just too much work or I just didn't have that five minutes to set aside. You know, I couldn't manage my day to do the one thing that I knew would bring me, um, you know, peace of mind. And so in that way, I think a, a, a spiritual practice, a daily spiritual practice I have seen in my life as being too much work or too much effort to really, um, you know, make a priority, I guess, is, to, is, is you know, how much of a priority am I going to make this, um, my spiritual. And I think when I talk to people now about how that daily practice has really transformed my life, I don't think they really believe it to some extent. It seems almost too dramatic. And, um, and I wrote a devotion about the idea this morning meditation that I started doing at the Center for Spiritual Living June 1st. So what is that, four or five months ago? And I wrote this meditation, uh, this uh, devotion about a month ago. It's called Pure Joy. The morning air held the hint of fall. Morning meditation at church held a reunion of sorts of friends I had not seen in several days. Each song of the Christian XM radio station spoke directly to my soul. Everything delicious seemed to come together this morning, creating a vortex of pure joy that was undeniably God. The world melted away. There was no separation between my experience, others around me, the cars, trees, grass, sky, concrete, sounds and smells. Everything became one in the perfect space of possibility. I have a hunch God is pure joy. I have been meditating in my church every morning for over 90 days now. Most days I am rushed to get there. Many days my mind wanders the whole 30 minutes. And usually I wish I could just stay in bed for one more minute. But the routine, the ritual, has become my life. I believe that routine, that ritual, has brought me pure joy. Interesting that work results in pure joy. Oh, yeah, I mean, really, really. That discipline effort that results in action. freedom. Right. Oh, I definitely believe in that. And the more disciplined I become, the more discipline I crave. And the opposite is true. You know, the, the less discipline I have, the less I get done. Hmm. Work results in joy. Discipline is freedom. Practice results in progress. Or peace, practice peace, and um, you know, I can, uh, <laughs> I can remember when I had a real job. If I look back and try real hard, but I can remember spending a lot of time avoiding work or avoiding a project or avoiding a report, which only seemed to, you know, make it seem bigger or more dramatic that I had to now do all this work tonight because. And I would call friends or family members or significant others and, you know, bitch about the work or say, I can't do anything fun now. I have to work. I have to get this work done. Work is your enemy. It has been. No wonder I don't have a job. I don't want a job. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe if I change how I feel about work, work will come to me. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you don't want to work. You want to have a job to make a difference in the world. Right, right, right. And to you, that's different from work, but you're pretty normal in that regard because, you know, and I, I haven't been doing definitions lately. I know, so I haven't asked. I've been so good that I haven't So just because I am doing definitions today does not give I you permission ask next time. to ask this week. But uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes work, an activity in which one exerts strength or faculties to do or perform something, sustained physical or mental effort to overcome obstacles and achieve an objective or result, the labor, task, or duty that is one's accustomed means of livelihood, or C, a specific task, duty, function, or assignment often being a part or phase of some larger activity. And so, you know, if the dictionaries basically capture how we use the word in the American language, in American English, and what it means, then I think the dictionary definition is much more. Says I'm right. Is much closer <laughs> to what you would say about work than what I would say about uh-huh. work or purpose. And I totally get that. So it's a good thing that I have no investment in being right. Yeah, yeah. But you but know, being, you are but what? I'm very clear about how it plays for me. Right. But I have no investment in that being the way it plays for somebody else. Well, I think that's what people though aspire for. You know, certainly for their work to not be effortful, to be uh, effortless in work. And certainly, you know, I can think of examples of this, and I can certainly think of examples of this in my friend. You know, the work stays exactly the same, and it's my perception of it that comes and goes. Because some days when I'm at work, oh, man, I love this job. This is the greatest job. This is going well. i got everything going on. And then, you know, a week later when everything really pretty much is the same job, this is horrible. This is the worst <laughs> thing possible. i got to put my resume together. So, you know, really the work, I think, in life, as most things, you know, the external never changes. It's my internal interpretation, my state of mind that changes, and that changes everything. And you made a conscious choice when you opened your business. You shifted that state of mind to my work equals my passion equals my joy equals, you know, something that I'm going to pursue for 40 years that, you know, I'm not going to begrudgingly... Um, you know, wake up and, and, you know, work in an environment I don't love. You, you know, you well, made, a, I, made a choice. I did. and But I think about the 18 years I worked before that, and, you know, I didn't always have jobs that, in fact, most of the time I was in jobs that I could never have asked for because I didn't even know they existed. Um, and... You know, all along the way, my whole thing was not, was, okay, so I have a job and this is why I have the job. And, you know, I don't like everybody, but it's not my job to like everybody or for everybody to like me. It's my job to do this. And how, and my thing would always be, now, how do I bring myself into this? How, how, do, how do I do this in a way that, you know, that only I can do? Or, you know, there are 15 of us and we have the same job 
and we're doing the same thing. And it wasn't so much for me, how do I stand out for promotion? It was, okay, so if these are the, these are the 10 things all 15 of us do, which one or two do I really like and what can I bring to that that's you know, something only I could bring? And, and I think for me that was, even though I didn't use this language or even think about it in this way, if, if God created every one of us uniquely, we each have a unique perspective and a unique way of seeing things and viewing the world. So, you know, that's kind of like God showing up through Tracy for this outcome. So I was really good at seeing our process and figuring out how to train people to understand it and do it better. So I created training guides. And part of it was for me, so I'd have reminders. But then part of it was then, oh, I could share it with other people. And then I ended up going all over the country training for this company, you know, which was something I learned that I really loved to do. I learned how to do it well and loved to do it. But I think that was because I was saying yes to spirit. Like, this is how do I bring my uniqueness to this? Right, right, right. And what do I get out of it? And then what what, what could I do with this boring part of the job that would make it not so boring for me? Right. And as a result, end up serving a lot of people. And that's the how. Like Reverend Pitcher was saying, that's the how you do your job. And you, know, you did the how. And I do believe, you know, once you do the how in a loving, uh, engaging way, you know, that certainly will get attention and will gain um, lots more positive energy moving forward than if you're begrudging even the best of presentations or the best work, quote-unquote, or the best thing, if it's done out of bitterness or irritation or resentment. I mean, that absolutely energetically feeds that outcome. I've seen that happen before. People really had maybe a better presentation or, you know, had more value to what they were presenting Mm -hmm. in a brick-and-mortar kind of way, but maybe my team's presentation had such an energy to it, we had such an excitement for it, that we were, quote-unquote, chosen for the project because, you know, they got excited with us. We were excited for them. And, and you know, other people <laughs> walking around going, well, that's not very fair. Yeah, well, you know, but well, it's interesting. To I'm, I'm laughing because you're reminding me of last week's um, episode on Glee. Oh, I don't watch that, but everybody seems to think that's a wonderful show. It is such a happy show and such a, uh, yes, a a show full of life lessons and that enthusiasm, that piece Mm. of um, the the primary characters in Glee, in the Glee Club in Glee. They were having a competition, and so they paired up in duets. And, you know, two of the students would pair up together and choose a song and perform a song, and and they were in competition with each other, and the pair, the duet, that one would get a dinner at a very popular restaurant. And so it was interesting when you said that. It's like, you know, you might not be the best singers, but because of the enthusiasm or because of the pureness of spirit with which right. you performed that, 
right. then you do have an impact. It, it it counts. It counts. It makes a huge difference in whether people connect or yeah. not. So, yeah. And, you know, again, that's, um, that's something intangible that I think when you get in that flow of work not being effort, you know, that's an intangible thing. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to speak of um, because I think... Um, work, 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 work. I don't really. I uh, I just have never really uh, simulated that job without having effort attached to it. So it's it's always something I've always tried to have to define. I'm not talking about effort. I'm talking about fun, even though it is quote unquote work. Don't don't have that traditional idea. So. Well, I think part of what you're doing now with you know we do the show. You've got GodInMyDay.com. And, you know, you're writing a book and, you know, you're doing things that are Leslie, right. Leslie being fully present with spirit in everything you do. You get up and you do meditation at 7 a.m. in the morning and invite others to do that with you. It's like you're creating a new way to work, even though I don't think you're quite yet calling it that. There's <laughs> no uh, money attached to it. Don't you have to have money when you work? No. <laughs> I say that's in the fine print somewhere. When, you, when you're working, you should get paid. <laughs> well, maybe then if you started defining all these things uh, you're doing as work, uh, m- more money would come attached to it. Because yeah. in your mind, money and work are equated. Right. And so if you're doing all this stuff and things Enjoy, you play just having fun, right? and not not making the connection that is in your brain that I only get paid for work. Right. And you might want to start consciously relabeling oh, all of this right. quote-unquote fun stuff. as This is the work I now do in the world. Oh, wow. This is my work in the world. And the I world better pay me for working because that's how it works. Better. Better. Should. They better. Should. <laughs> that's even worse. You like that better or should? <laughs> Must. <laughs> does. For the love of God, please. <laughs> oh, does. Isn't that affirming? Just simple. Yeah. Just simple. It, people love <laughs> to give me money because I add uh, value to their lives. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. You know, it is interesting. It is very subtle how our minds, you know, the seeds we plant create the garden in our mirror, right? So, yeah. Uh, uh, certainly, that is one of my challenges. You know, how does my garden going to uh, fruitfully produce? And so yeah, that I, I have not really realized that. I mean, that clearly kind of, is yeah. a very um, powerful, long-lived, yes, standing dividing line. And so, if none of this stuff I'm doing right now is work. I can't be paid for it. I don't I mean, deserve to make money work. Well, I can't. You right. can't be paid for it because in your mind... It's fun. It's joyous. It's right, and there's a barrier. So that's a great opportunity. <laughs> Thank goodness we had this show today. We could break yes. free that barrier. Yeah, I think we can unhook that. That's it. Like that go. We can un- totally unhook that. <laughs> And then, you know, it is an interesting, and that's a daily practice, that's a practice, a spiritual practice, talking to people as you're in practitioner school to become a practitioner. We're, we're you know, all quote-unquote practitioners, but you will become a licensed practitioner where people will come and talk to you and share things with you, and then 
you know, through a spiritual mind treatment or through knowing the truth of people, you will see little um, nuggets of truth that people are operating from that we don't even see ourselves. And in that conversation or, you know, opening ourselves up in conversation with people as a practice, people, um, you know, in community with us that we trust, that's a huge um, chance we have to impact each other's lives, to help unhook the things that we're hooked in that we don't even see ourselves. Well, and that's funny you would you would bring that up because, um, you know, a few months ago, I got to see a, a hook for me. That's exactly the same thing, but just in a different package because someone said to me, yeah, a year from now you'll be a licensed practitioner and I'll have to pay you. You know, or you'll be able to charge me for this conversation or this advice or, you know, whatever. And when she said it, it was like, oh, well, I could never charge anybody to pray for them or to do counseling. You know, that's like, it's it's spiritual counseling and that's like my gift to the world. But it made me go, wait a minute. You're being licensed for a reason and being licensed as a counselor and it's a professional service and it, you, you know. You get to make money It's not that. so much you should be charging for it, but you can charge for it. It is appropriate. Legitimate. To charge for those services once you, you know, take all these classes and do all the exams and are, have a license to do so. Like, oh, and so it's kind of the same thing as, you know, the the hook for me is, oh, but if you're doing, you know, spiritual counseling and all of that, you know, you wouldn't charge for it. You wouldn't get money for it, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. So luckily, you know, that came up in the summer, and I have till next summer to change that, you know, to shift that subconscious, unconscious belief. All right. So, yeah, by next summer I'll, I'll have a whole rate sheet and I'll be like, okay, you, this you is what I charge. It. Yeah, there you right. go. This is, what I, this is what I charge for this and this is what I charge for that. Um, so, yeah, we I think we have all kinds of subtle stuff that connects with work and God and service and joy versus effort versus right. discipline right. versus struggle. Yeah, it is an interesting thing, and, and how to um, say that our work doesn't have to be effort, you know, doesn't have to take a lot of effort, but can be effortless, and, um, you know, that it is our, our state of mind of how we, of what we do and how we do it. Yeah. I love this quote by Ernest Holmes. He says, a certain time should be taken each day for the enlargement of consciousness, this is done by reminding our imagination that the field with which it deals is limitless, that mind is the creator and the sustainer, that mind is the infinite, ever available, and always responsive to us. We must learn to lose our consciousness. Nothing is too good to be true. The kingdom of harmony is already an ever-present reality, but it waits to be perceived. Only as much good can come to us as we mentally receive. 
And a lot of this about how we perceive right. work um, has a lot to do with us really being locked into this limited consciousness that it can only be like this and this is a burden and this is a challenge instead of seeing it as a pathway to being all that spirit has us has prepared us to be. And there's so many messages that we get, you know, from parents and from school and from friends about work and about, you know, things taking effort and, you know, there only being so much of the pie to go around, you shouldn't take more than your slice kind of thing. And it, um, and I think it's always interesting when I hear stories about Ernest Holmes to hear that really he did most of his talks and his um, sharing during the Depression. And so he was talking to an audience that, you know, really there were some very active, real economic woes going on. Yeah, he was out there going, you know, there's abundance and there's uh, enough and there's more than enough and it's all yours and reach out and grab it and take all, you, you know, everybody has an opportunity to have everything. And um, I always am fascinated by, uh, you know, putting those words in that time and space. Yeah. And like you said, now, you know, we're sitting around and now we don't know where I want. But just a few days ago, there's someone talking about something, and they said, well, that's because of the economy. And so someone's like, well, we just, we just assume it to not be going well because of the economy. So, you know. Yeah, as long there as we you go. believe that. There you go. <laughs> as long as we believe that, then it's absolutely true. All right. And I mean, I'm guilty of that. And I try to hear and catch myself when I when I say it. Oh, yeah, business has been really declining for the last you know two years because of the economy. This year it's coming back. Like you know, you know, regardless of what's going on in the economy, if I'm saying yes to spirit, I have access to right everything that I need. Everything right. that is for me, and I have, as long as I really believe that and perceive it, then it unfolds. So it's like, okay, well, why am I drinking the Kool-Aid? You know, the the Kool-Aid that everybody else is drinking about the economy is bad. What is, even when I'm saying the words, is there something deeper down that's like drinking the Kool-Aid? And you know, I, it's it's really very, and it really is very much an opportunity to do what Ernest Holmes did in that economic time, to do it now in this economic time, in these yeah. economic times. It is interesting. Um, you know, we were talking about state of mind, and I have one more devotion to read about state of mind and, and how that really is sort of the frame of which everything else comes from. And it's total state of mind. It is just crazy around here. It isn't going to get any better, so let's just talk now. Today, I helped a friend with some office work. Before she answered the phone, I was calmly making copies, and she was quietly writing an email. When she told her friend, it is crazy around here, I wondered what she was talking about. Then I realized she was talking about her own state of mind. She's not literally crazy, but her experience was her internal unrest, not the external calm of the moment. I fully believe my state of mind creates my circumstance, and many times I have been, as my friend, in such inner turmoil the facts of my life held little meaning. I have a hunch God expresses only calm and well-being. 
When I let myself go into fear, anxiety, or worry, I turn away from that which is God, and I let my state of mind take over my experience. Recently, my state of mind has actually been calmer than my external circumstance. So it's wonderful to know it works both ways. Yes. Yes. And, you know, um, that really is true kind of of my state of being right now, as I've said yes and yes, more yes to spirit, my state of mind has calmed so much. My external circumstance is still on this kind of trajectory to go off a cliff in the human terms, but my state of mind is so much calmer now, and it's interesting to see that, and, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's a little kind of uh, mind-bending you know, good, in a good way, yeah, in a good way, but it's almost like doing drugs or something, you know, and I don't want to be in denial of my situation, but, you know, I just have this sense of it all work itself out, and, um, but I think that uh, the state of mind, even if it doesn't, you know, like I think about prisoners of war, or you hear this, yeah, I just heard this gal talk again last, yesterday, I don't know why she's on the circuit again, but the little gal that was in the bathroom for three months, and read that, in the state where they're doing the genocide, she was in Rwanda. Rwanda. She was in a. Someone had harbored her and five or six or seven other women in a bathroom for three months, and you know they prayed every day and they got through that time thinking they were going to be captured and killed. If she had seen her whole family before her killed, um, they got through that by monitoring their state of mind. You know, so how, it didn't get much worse than that. Well, the little miners that were down there for 17 days before anybody made contact with them. You know, those 17 days, all they had was their state of mind. They were in total pitch darkness. And for none of them to have gone stark raving mad or run off into the mind or, you know, done something dramatic to themselves physically, you know, that speaks to a very strong state of mind. And we all, what, what I'm reflecting on is that we all have the ability to monitor and to choose. Yes. And to choose in spite of the physical evidence. Right. Something deeper, something infinite, something more powerful. There a line um that we hear a lot and I use a lot in prayer, you know, that, you know, something related to, you know, this may be happening, but it has no power over me. Mm -hmm. It has no power over the dominion of spirit. It has no power. So it's like, yeah, you don't deny that these circumstances are showing up in my life or all around me or in someone else's life, it's like, okay, that that appears to be, that is, but it has no power. It is not a, it is a lesser power. It has a lesser power. There is no power greater than, you know, this power of God, this power of spirit to truly transform. Mm-hmm. Life. This is just, you know, a pit stop on the journey. This is like, okay, I'm transferring trains here. I'm transferring buses. 
and this is the transfer point, and I can okay, choose between mm-hmm. bus, the bus that goes to confusion or the bus that goes to clarity. And I'm choosing the bus that goes to clarity. And clarity might be all the way on the other side of town. <laughs> Where I might have a long walk to get to clarity. But that's the that's route the that I'm, I'm taking. That's the direction I'm headed. Right, right, right. And, um, and I'm just so sure of that. And I can't see it because it's far enough away. It's beyond my eyesight. Right. But I know that this is the bus or this is the path that gets there. Kind of like, you know, in The Wizard of Oz following the Yellow Brick Road. Right. Because you just so believe and you may have to go through the poppy field. But you know that Oz, the land of Oz, is in this direction. Mm-hmm. And the house dropping on people is in the other direction. So, you know, it's really interesting um, for spirit to work in us and through us. That's the choice. Mm-hmm. And, and spirit, I, my experience of spirit is, is you know, I am... It really has nothing to do with my external circumstance, and it has nothing to do with the external, you know, spiritually joyful people can have lots of money. Spiritually joyful people can be completely impoverished. Spiritual joyful people can, you know, be the president of a company. Spiritual joyful people can be cleaning the toilets of the company. So, you know, the external state, you know, has very little to do, but, you know, it's always easy to look on the outside, and there's a famous quote, you know, Alan on 12 Steps say, you know, I'm comparing my insides to your outsides, and, you know, always coming up short. Right. And so when I, um, when I try to, you know, make that spiritual, um, spiritual experience, you know, my ruler, you know, that's what I want to, you know, always be looking at that piece of my life. How am I doing internally with my spiritual well-being? Yeah, and I I think that is a good place for us as we begin to wind down to to remember that it's not by our lot in life. It's not by our how much money we have. It's not our position. It's not our title. So no matter what work we do or don't do in the world, mm-hmm. our spiritual grounding, our the way we show up, has nothing to do with any of that. And so right. if if we are showing up having said yes to spirit and choosing to say yes to spirit, Hour by hour. Minute by minute. Because every, every, every moment we have a different opportunity to make a choice. And I can, you know, choose one way one minute and say that's not what I want to choose for the next minute. Yeah. And, and that, that, that is the work of saying yes to spirit, but work not in terms of it being, it is an effort. It's a choice. It's a choice. It doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> It, but it has to be conscious. Yes, it has to be conscious. And that's the key. Oh, consciousness. Have we talked about that, Christ consciousness? Next uh, week is anger. I don't like that. Can we change that? <laughs> we can change, can we change that to consciousness or Christ consciousness. 
but, let's uh, talk about Christ <laughs> consciousness next week. Because, uh, you know, that isn't, that, that, you know, if you go from choice to work to Christ consciousness, it's almost like if we had thrown separation there in the middle, I mean, that would have been like the life's path, you know, saying my, how I think life works. We want to talk about separation next week. <laughs> separation and Christ consciousness the next time, maybe. But, uh, you know, it's a, it is, it is a journey, and it is a choice, and I'm glad you, you brought that back. It's a moment-to-moment choice, and my my work, my opportunity, my effort, my action, whatever verb we want to use, you know, it's a choice. It still is a choice. So who knows what we'll talk about next week, but anger is on the on the official list of things. Right, but that can be changed in three minutes. <laughs> Just type a different word. It takes three minutes to edit. No effort, no work there. Right, right, right. Yeah, so right. if you're listening to this show today or during the week, uh, during the week that it was recorded, um, just look on the website to see what the topic is next week. Right, right, right. Because uh, we obviously are negotiating that. <laughs> Actually, not negotiating it, just considering it. So that's really very cool. And, um, yeah, we were scheduled for anger next week and stillness the week after that. Um, but we are always open to ideas for topics. And so if you have any, please shoot them to us or post them on the blog at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Y-T-S for, for Yes to Spirit. Yeah, and in the meantime, between now and next week's show, please visit us at GodInMyDay.com. There's a daily dose of inspiration, meditation, music, and more to remind you to look for and acknowledge God in your day. And please visit us at StainedGlassSpirit.net if you are particularly interested in growing New Thought spiritual communities within this, paying attention to diversity and creating inclusion. That's Stained Glass Spirit. Stained. S-T-A-I-N-E-D. Correct. Stained. Stained Glass Spirit dot net. Very good. So we, we have a lot of opportunities. And, you know, and I think there is so many different ways to connect to spirit, to community, to a daily practice, you know, hopefully this just engages my mind, your mind, anyone listening, you know, engages your mind in what is your way, what is my way, Um, because there certainly are many ways, and uh, the expression is, is the key to just find the way that feels right that for you. Fabulous. So... This is Leslie and Tracy encouraging you to say yes to spirit. I don't mean to be so uptight
tonight But my heart's been hurt a couple times By a couple guys that didn't treat me right I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie Alexa, play Meant to Be Okay Here is Meant to Be With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.